1: This is a day that will live in infamy. I'm Alan Soslowski, sitting in for Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss on the. Uh, I, I hope you uh, appropriately saw that I played Taps in the beginning to open us up. Too much, too much. Not
2: necessary. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a death in the family or something like that. You know, it's it. I, I, obviously, I'm bummed out that we lost our. Just so you know, the two people on Earth who uh, follow us and don't know what's going on. Six million dollar survivor pool. Dalton and I were down to the final twenty three. We had the Cardinals. They were 12 and a half point favorites, whatever, who cares? The market is not right. The market is just an average on average, right? It's not right in the individual instance. Uh, The Cardinals did not show up at all. Um, We were in trouble from the beginning. We couldn't catch up. I was hopeful to that last field goal that made it 30 to 12 when it was 27, 12, it's team of destiny. We're going to get both touchdowns. I really thought we were, Um, it was pretty disappointing uh, that game. But, uh, you know, my daughter's with me, she been sitting next to me on the couch the whole time. She was really bummed. I mean, she's really sad this morning. When can we do another one? Do they have it for baseball? You know, why do we have to wait a whole year? You know, she was into it. Um, and everyone on Twitter was like so nice about it and, you know, saying how much they enjoyed it. And so I, you know, I, I just kind of felt, you know, bad about it, but not that bad. I mean, I feel bad. It was a lot of money. Um, I didn't hedge at all, for those who are curious. Um, Hedging is more difficult than you think because, you know, when do I start hedging? Three, Three weeks ago, I bet a couple thousand on the underdog and then I win again, so I lose that money. Now I'm in the whole three grand, then I double down. Now I'm the whole 10 grand, now I'm the whole 20 grand. What if we lose on week 18? Maybe I'm in the whole 100 grand, right? And that means I have to... Constantly make bigger and bigger hedges to cover the prior hedge losses. And it means I need liquidity in Vegas to get it quickly. I need logistics. I didn't want to sweat that and be stressing about, you know, hey, Rufus, uh, you know, I know you said you have a guy, can you, you know, can you put hundred grand down or two? You know, it's too, I didn't want to be navigating that while I'm, you know, I, I just, I put my 500 in like Dalton for a survivor contest. It's, it's too bad that you couldn't take a little bit off the table, you know, a hundred grand out for everybody and we play for the rest. So it's not, it's not possible per the rules. So, uh, I didn't hedge. I don't feel bad about that. As I said, it would have just been a logistical
1: uh, nightmare and we lost, you know, and that's, that's kind of how it is. So, I think, yes, the losing the money, which again, you know, it's, it was a big amount of money, I think is one thing. And and that is you, right? I mean, like, you know, you, you always knew that it was a long shot against the field to win the 6 million bucks, but what I always knew,
2: always knew I was drinking the Kool-Aid for a bit. I thought we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, now I'm about to connect those dots. I think your belief in it actually persuaded people and then you know because we think that oh yeah i'm six million dollars it's like if i entered a uh, a draft kings contest i'm never going right. to win but you actually persuaded people that this really wasn't just about skill that it was about destiny people actually bought into that religion and mm-hmm. that's awesome and scary at the same time cult leader i was a cult yeah.
2: i created a cult people you were like what's my religion it's uh my religion is uh, is is Team of Destiny. Well, right. You belong well, to the Team of Destiny sect, yeah. Hey, it's better than some of this COVID stuff going around. Some of the religions that people are getting around that. Hey, I rather I rather belong to Team of Destiny. Listen, I just believe this team is going to win the whole time. Yeah, right. I know what the odds are. I know what the problem is, but It doesn't matter. I'm with Team of Destiny.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that we all started to believe, and I think that's what happens. Like you know, you, you always hear about like iconic sports moments, like the 1980 uh, U.S. hockey team. And do you believe in miracles? Like I, I think that the collective. Uh, bubbling of support started to build, and we all felt like it was part of us. When and that's why tongue and cheek played the rest in peace taps in the beginning. Yes, is it a little over the top? Yes, but because we all felt like a little piece of us died yesterday, and it's all, of course it's it's nothing in the grand scheme of things, but we were all heavily invested. And I think, uh, um, you know, the fans collectively, I speak for the the masses when I say, thank you for bringing us along the way. Your, your week 15 observation article where you show gratitude for everyone that supported you is linked in the video description. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, which that you wasn't re- everyone,
2: that was like a third
1: of what we got. I just, that's keep, what I'm saying. It was like, a sampling, a sample. Yeah,
2: it was like, like the thing is like, it was really hilarious. Like people were just, they were into it and that was really fun. um, but like, I should be more bummed, but I'm not that bummed. Like, I and, and I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, "Oh, there's a lesson in this," or you know, <laughs> it, it's the journey that matters. Like, fuck that, man. The right, journey that matters. Right, no, right. hell no. It, I wanted the money, you know, and I and yeah. and this and yeah, we got a story out of it. But I rather have the story about how we won it. That would be a better story than how we were in the last twenty three. Um, and so, you know, I, it, the that's all bullshit. Like, there's no like, oh well you know losing is just you know no it sucked i mean i but but for some reason i don't feel that bad about it like i I, I, I feel like i i feel like you know what like sasha was there rooting with me oscar's Mm -hmm. on the couch sleeping next to me you know um we're we're watching this game you know everything you know obviously i i have other issues with like the totalians totalitarian state (laughs) bearing down on us with these insane rules and locking you down all the stuff but okay That's a separate thing. But in my personal life, my professional life, everything's good. Like I have friends and family and and colleagues and, and I, I like, you know, so, so I was sort of like, it was hard for me to get so mad. I was like more mad, like in the second quarter when they made a bad play. Right. Then when it like hit me that we were done, you know, my motto is only sweat the small stuff, you know, the big stuff. Don't worry about, you know, I'll get enraged at like the most slight, you know, uh, punt in a bad situation. But like, you know, the fact that we got knocked out, I'm like, eh. It sucked. It's horrible. It, um, and it always happens with a knife in your back when you don't expect it. Like the 12 and a half point favorite. We're like, okay, we got going to agonize over this Christmas game. And the Cardinals, we never believed in them. I don't, I don't know how they kept winning. We never liked them. Um, Kyler Murray for MVP, that's laughable now. Um, you know, it was just they didn't even show up. I mean, I just never – Murray was compromised. He couldn't move. I don't know why. I, I thought his ankle was better, but, like, he, he must have hurt it, like, in practice week or something. It was very weird, the whole thing
1: even though a wide receiver doesn't move the point spread, no DeAndre Hopkins in a game like this does make a difference. Now, again, it may not made the difference to winning and losing, but uh, someone like that, that you could just throw the ball to might've made somewhat of a difference. But I mean, listen, Craig Reynolds ran over them. I mean, but here, I want to back up a little bit because this is what I think that people that are, that were invested in the story. And then we'll get into, you know, all our week 15 takeaways, but Mm. I was trying to imagine how you were feeling each step of the way. Like, You've talked about this before in the first quarter. It's kind of like, okay, we, you know, we can, we can overcome this. This is no big deal. It's not a good start. But what was the point where you were like, uh Oh, this is a real problem.
2: Well, they scored, they were going in for a field goal at the end of the half to go up 13, nothing. And they ended up getting a touchdown to go up 17, nothing. I wasn't like, Oh, I'm screwed. I was like, that's not good. You know, that's that touchdown was really bad. But then, uh, then uh, Arizona, they had a couple of field goals and it was like 23 to six or something like that, or 27 to six. Um, I think it's 24 to six at one point, And it was kind of weird to kick the field goal because it was like, okay, now you're down 18, but okay, there's time. Um, it was, when, it was really the only time I really gave up, which was like five minutes left and they kicked the field goal to go up 30 to 12. And then it was over. It was 27, 12. And, you know, so they, they wouldn't have to get a touchdown. They had three timeouts, you know kick deep call the three timeouts score again the Problem was they just never really could stop them I mean at no point was any of the things that I thought would, would have had to happen likely to happen because they just they were they were getting their ass kicked even though they were the better usually like you know the better team's a little flat the bad team jumps on them they get a lead and then over the course of the game the better team you know starts to show why it's better and then either the better team wins or there's one play the bad team makes and, and upsets them. But in this case, it was it never got to that point where it was like a tie game and there was one play. They never even proved that they were the better team that it was such a, there was no, like you can never, you cannot hang your hat on one thing. Like, Oh, if they had just caught this pass or Christian Kirk had some drops, but none of that really was the story. They just were outplayed completely.
1: Yeah. Uh, the team of destiny, unfortunately has come to a halt, but we all enjoyed that, that well, journey. And, it's uh,
2: it's still the team of destiny it's just it's destiny was losing in week 15 you see i when i said destiny i meant win the whole thing you know in my mind but you know reality always has the last word like the destiny was you're gonna have this run and then you're gonna lose in week 15 you know i say one last thing um we were really good all year about like not just taking the biggest favorite we would take a, a substantially smaller favorite if we had a bad vibe and we had a bad vibe but A, we were overly reliant on the heuristic of, oh, they lost, they're going to bounce back. Okay, that was one thing. And two, they were 12 and a half point favorites, 13 when we locked it in. Um, And our next next biggest favorite was the Vikings at six on the road in Chicago we didn't even like. So I think we should have thought, we were just kind of like, of course it's Arizona. But even if we had like really meditated on it, I think it would have been hard for us to get off of them this week. We would have had to take the Niners which well, that was our next biggest favorite it was the Niners. But then we had the Niners teed up for the, the yeah. Christmas day game. We, we don't really like Arizona or, I mean, you, you like Arizona better in Detroit. Or you like them hosting Indy next week, right? It's, of course it's going to be in Detroit. So we, we really didn't, we would have had to really step our game up to have kind of done it that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, survivor, when you get into the later weeks, especially in a contest like this is navigating a minefield and, you guys made it all the way almost to the end, and then unfortunately, you stepped on it. But uh, mm-hmm. I just, just want to let everybody know that the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast is sponsored by WinBet. And there's one thing that we appreciate here at RotoWire it's making good decisions, like listen, Dalton did in Survivor up until week 15. And even more so, it's making the right decision. Listen up, we have an incredible offer for you at RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet. Actually, they're not new anymore. We've had them all season, right? But our, our season long partner, WinBet. The premier digital casino and sports book app, WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action, user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into the WinBet's digital casino, take a spin at roulette, double down blackjack, and slam the slots. Try our hand at try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states when rapidly expanding. Winbet possibilities are limitless. Winbet is currently offering Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager. Download Winbet now. Uh, that's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Winbet, the exclusive partner of Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, Chris. Um, I'm sure you're going to talk about this extensively on the XM show, uh, which I'm going to be tuned in and listening to it, but... I think, again, I think it really wraps up is that, you know, we, we were there with you. We appreciate it. And when I was with you in Vegas, when you were talking about how you thought this would be good content, and I was like, what is he talking about good content? This was better than anyone ever could have imagined. And I know that doesn't make the pain uh, any less. But again, I think uh, your, your vision for it, it worked and it, it was awesome. And so thank you on behalf of everybody.
2: Yeah, it was actually Pete who was like, ah, "Just go get it; it'll be good content." And I didn't want to deal with it because it was morning and I had to get a flight. But I dragged my ass down there, <laughs> and uh, and he was right; it was good content. It was well worth the five hundred dollars, and yeah. uh and yeah, it is what it is. Will you I'm do it again? Even, next I'm year? not even that pissed. Yeah, probably I will do it yeah. again next year. Um Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, it's it's just it's just so daunting to get through every single week that yeah. you have to to get there and. <laughs> And, and we'll probably lose like week three or something next year, and we'll just be like, "Oh, that was the uh, that was the team of of not destiny." But whatever, yeah, sure, we'll do it next year.
1: Why not? Alright, we can't wait. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of Week 15 stuff, some takeaways, some observations. I read your observation article this morning, but I want to rewind a little bit because sometimes on the podcast when you think about the Thursday game, when you guys do your podcast, you and Jeff on Monday, Thursday seems like 100 years ago, but this is the fantasy playoffs, and I don't know, were you in any, I mean, the, it started off with a bang. I mean, the chief, all the key chiefs went nuts. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had his 400 yards and three touchdowns, uh, a, an epic performance by Kelsey and by Tyreek Hill did you go against or did you have any of those guys to start off the week
2: I haven't checked yet uh I mean I haven't checked like I haven't checked like specifically I just looked at some of the scores I, I know I'm gonna win one or two I'm probably gonna lose one or two uh the one I cared most about was the NFC prime time and I'm almost drawing dead I mean I had I had Mike Evans and Gronk I had Ramondre Stevenson I had uh you know Michael Pittman I had a lot of bad uh Bad, and bad ones, um, and I didn't have any Kelsey or whatever in there. Um, I, most people who had Kelsey are not in the playoffs, though, Alan, so it doesn't really matter. And same with Mahomes. Um, you know, Hill definitely, you know, is, is on some playoff teams. And, uh, and it was a crazy game. I have Herbert in that league, and he did okay. Could have been so much bigger, but
1: he did okay. Um, it and C- was that- CH also, he did not have another good game. I'm just curious. I mean, again, he has been like, okay. At best, where do you see him getting drafted next year in, in the NFFC and the high stakes drafts?
2: It really depends like what Casey does, you know, in the off season, like if if they just go back with the two guys they have now, he'll go in like the fifth round. He'll be like, you know, the fifth Mike round. Davis. Yeah, I think, I mean, fourth or fifth, I, I mean, I'd have to lay it out, like see all the receivers and who I would draft where, but, um, it's, it's hard to see pushing him up. They just don't, they use Darrell Williams, Darrell Williams on a third down. And if C.E.H. isn't the designated pass catcher, then how valuable could he possibly be?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, it's funny. I made notes here too. And I said, where would you put him next year? And I wrote in the, uh, Mike Davis Gaskin, uh, going yeah, in the dead zone. It, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> but,
2: that's right. It, it's It's like, He could. I mean, there's always that possibility. But so Mike Davis could have been great. I mean, who knew, you know, I mean, I never drafted him, but it was possible that he, you know, just got a ton of volume and was good. Um, But it's kind of like, there's no reason to believe that he will, you know, And, and he's not, he's in his third year now. It's not, you know, running backs. It's like they usually pop right away.
1: Yeah, on the other side of that, we'll just talk about this game quickly. Is uh, on the the Charger side, I mean, Herbert is he is going to be one of the top three fantasy quarterbacks, I think, uh, for the next few years. But then Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be a value next year. He just continues to do it each and every week. I mean, is is he somebody that you could see staying in the third round next year? One of these like boring receivers? I mean, it, it's he's unbelievable. It's twenty nine years old, but he's still he's like a PPR machine.
2: Yeah, but just be a little wary of the Hopkins path where, I mean, Keenan Allen yeah. was hurt earlier in his career. Hopkins wasn't, but they start to get older. They start to get hurt more. You know, he's kind of at that age. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Adam, you know, people took, it was like, I remember Pianowski was all over like Adam Thielen and and he was over Lockett. Lockett's been great. But like some of these guys, some of these boring veterans just produce and then some of these boring veterans start to get hurt all the time. And that's sort of the, that's, that's the bargain you're making with those guys.
1: Yeah, let's move over to the Saturday game, the Patriots and the Colts. I mean, you talked about Jonathan Taylor for MVP um, possibility and, you know, Cooper Cup on those two long shots a while ago. He's making the case right now. Uh, what, what did you think about his performance again? I mean, two, two of your, uh, let's call it signature observations came true. It's the Jonathan Taylor MVP conversation and also is when you stack the box against an elite running back.
2: Yeah, that one where he broke through—that was great because that game was terrible for me. I had Taylor; he did nothing. I had Ramondre Stevenson; he got stuffed. I had Nick Folk; I don't—they got that field goal that was a, a kind of a shaky field goal decision. Got that, so it wasn't the total disaster that it might have been. I had Pittman in two places, really bad, but uh, but then Taylor broke free and got the touchdown, and uh, he just always gets his. And he easily could have slid down; he could have run out of gas or slid down because they could have run out the clock anyway. Uh, it wasn't necessarily—I you know. He didn't need to score, but he did. Um, that was great. So he got his 170 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I think he's got, I think he's got a shot for MVP because, you know, the Pats just lost the Colts, The Titans just lost too. They're nine and five. Now they've got the tiebreaker over the Colts, but the Titans are in free fall and the Niners could beat the Titans this week and they're favored. And if the Colts can go into Arizona. Who's looking kind of soft and win that game go nine and six. And the Titans are nine and six. The Colts win that division. I think if the Colts win the division, which is still a long shot, but they can do it. Um, and look, you know, New England is nine and five. Right. And so they play Miami still. I mean, the Colts, it would be insane if they got the one seed, but like it's it's not out of the realm. It's only the Chiefs really that that uh, because the Chargers just did so many stupid decisions. But it's only the Chiefs that look like the team that the Colts couldn't catch right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because about a month ago, um, we were all talking about how oh the Chiefs are even going to make the playoffs, but there was always that there was a good value in some of the sports books about them winning the division and winning the AFC East. I mean, obviously the Patriots uh, are tough; they're gonna they're gonna be there to the end. But it's it's still Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I always think that Patrick Mahomes is the one one in a lot of super flex drafts even moving forward because this is what a down year looks like for him, like QB seven. I mean, this is like as bad as it gets, right? And then he still has that upside to go 403 on you in any in any given uh week. So I think that's pretty cool right there. So with uh the Colts though, uh it's they're now the five seed. They seem like the team that like nobody wants to play. I mean, the Ravens with their loss yesterday go from the two seed to out of the playoffs. I think you know, we we all think that we know what's gonna happen here, but there's gonna be a lot of more upsets and shuffles around. I mean do you do, do you also agree with that, that? The culture of the team right now that is going to be the, the lower seed, the lower rated seed, like the five or six that nobody wants to play.
2: Yeah. I, I think just, you know, a, a team that can run the ball like that in January and then, you know, uh, play decent defense is going to be kind of scary. Um, Wentz is just such a bonehead though. I just can't take it. <laughs> he just makes the, it's just like, he's like Baker Mayfield. Like he tries to do stuff. It's like, dude, you're not that good. Just caretake. If you could just be peak Alex Smith, Colts might win the Super Bowl, but you're going to make a boneheaded pick. That's not necessary. It's just not necessary. Just hand it off, play defense, make a play when you absolutely have to, but don't force it. And I think Wentz, Wentz is like, he's tough. Hey, he's good at quarterback sneaking. I'll give him that. Uh, But he, he's a, he's a weak link in that team. And it's, it's better than rivers because he's got a little bit of mobility, but otherwise it's basically like rivers uh, with a little mobility. So yeah, you know, it's them, it's the Patriots still, and it's the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are probably the favorite now. Uh, but I'd still take Chiefs-Pats and because the Colts are probably going to come in as a wild card. But if they do catch the Titans, if the Titans collapse, which they still can, um, then, you know, the Colts, if they have a little home field, I think they, you know, they don't need home field, but it's just, the problem is there's there's only one bye, which I think is kind of dumb. Uh, yeah. It really gives one team such a huge edge over everybody else. Um, and that's going to be huge. Who has it?
1: I've heard you guys critique and gratefully so about the the new playoff format and you know the extra game the season throws off the records and all that kind of stuff. But the only time I do appreciate the extra game is when we actually have an extra game on wildcard weekend. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. We have an extra game. So that's that one time one day I actually enjoy it. Uh, let's move into the one o'clock. Cause I, I, read your observations on the one o'clock games. Um, the giants and Dallas now, obviously a meaningless game in a sense of, you know, maybe Dallas can secure their They did secure some more playoff positioning seating position, but I, uh, I thought there were some interesting observations to be made with the giants. First of all, did you see Barkley's sick one handed catch? The, I did see the, it.
2: Yeah, he did make a great catch. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. It was good. Yeah,
1: because I didn't see it right. So I was like, maybe you watch just the uh maybe you could I was mostly playing. I was mostly on yeah. the Lions Cardinals, but yes, I did I did see that though. To me, that was I mean, it's not as spectacular as Odell's catch in the end zone yeah. because yeah. it was on national TV, but that was one of the better catches I've seen. And for those that didn't see it, he it was like a swing pass and he like backhanded it and it just like mm-hmm. almost looked like he had a suction cup on his hand. Right. And, and so catch a catch his glove and they were throwing him a baseball or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a great. So with Barkley, just disappointing. I know you mentioned in your observations that he could still be having some lingering effects on the ankle, but. Where do you really list? Where do you realistically see his ADP for next year? Let's say that let's let's give him best case scenario. Where
2: do I think he should go,
1: or where do you think he will go? Will go, will go, because we know where you think he should go. One, one, one. one. Um, (laughs) But let's, and I'm even going to give you a made up scenario. What if they get Russell Wilson? If they actually pull it
2: off, okay. If they get Russell Wilson and they draft, oh, they won't have, they won't draft anybody. They won't have any picks. right, Right, right. If they get Russell Wilson. Man, the offensive line is so bad, but maybe it's partly bad because the quarterback's bad. I mean, it's hard to know, you know, chicken and egg. Um, If they get Russell Wilson, I think Barkley will go um, 210, 211, something like that.
1: End of the second round. Okay. Yeah, I think so.
2: I think so. Well, I mean, but it also depends like, I I mean, okay, you know what, but but like, okay, there's no injury from here on out. The offseason's smooth. He's completely 100% healthy. They have Russell Wilson. Yeah. Eh, maybe Rosie Rosy scenario. Yeah, maybe he goes like 2 2, 112. I mean, it's gonna be so you know, let, let's just go through it. I mean, like you're gonna have Taylor is obviously gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Eckler's been so banged up, would be another year. I don't want him in the top five, but you know, if he if he finishes the way he started, uh, you know, then I think he will. Um, you know, I think guys like Javante Williams, but depending on Mel- Mel- Melvin Gordon's doing, um, who else am I even thinking I mean, of? Al- still... Alvin and Dalvin. Yeah, Alvin and yeah, and Dalvin. Um, you know, I mean, McCaffrey, there's... nobody knows what, what we're gonna get, you know, it's been a couple of years totally lost. Um, and then we got na- oh, you Najee got Harris. Naz- Najee Harris, but like look at the game he just had. I mean, it's just there's nothing there. They'll have a new quarterback. It's gonna be very weird. I think he'll go like I think Najee Harris will go like seventh, eighth, ninth. Zeke is gonna be tough.
1: Yeah, yeah, Zeke's gonna be tough, how about this? Henry, yeah, he- I mean... A healthy Henry's up there. And then if Leonard Fournette comes back to the same situation, I mean, he's RB3 on the year right now. I know I we mean, don't want to rate him there, but he's a candidate to go on the 1-2 turn next year. I think if, everything, if everybody's healthy in the offseason, it's going to tailor one.
2: And then two is probably going to be like a bunch of receivers. It's going to be like... Devonte Adams, if he's still with Rogers somewhere, but he's getting older too. I wouldn't take him at two.
1: I would take Cooper Cup uh, or Justin Jefferson at two. If you're talking about receivers. Jefferson,
2: okay, so like Jefferson, right? Like Jefferson, like can't fail if he's healthy. Now I jinxed a couple people. Oh Jesus! Famous. <laughs> but, but first, but first, you're gonna have like Taylor. You're gonna have Jefferson. Probably someone will take Adams for one more year. There'll be Cup. they will be but Cup. This is like so clearly his career year. Like I, I don't know. I, I I feel like he's really good. Uh, But like, I think a couple go like one nine, one ten. I kind of feel like Um, Henry, I I just think Henry's a tough sell. Like, you know, having an injury after that, but it's not like it's going to be a career ender and he's going to be healthy next year. And it wasn't like he was slowing down much. So um, I don't know. It's going to be a very uh, interesting top of the first round next year. And so, you know, where you're going to take Barkley is going to depend on all of that stuff, but um, with Russell Wilson, maybe early second.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is that I, it's hard to envision this now as I'm saying it, but I think it is a possibility that some softwares will give Debo Samuel dual uh, position eligibility. And if that does happen, he's worth a discussion in the first round. It may not happen, yeah, but he's be, certainly be worth a discussion. Talking. And right. what if uh,
2: Elijah Mitchell comes back the last two games and in the playoffs and looks like, you know, one of the
1: best running backs in the league, he'll be there. Um, although he gets hurt so much. Yeah. Um, and there will undoubtedly be a rookie that makes it up to the top two. Some, we don't know who they are yet. And I haven't done my deep dive yet as we're going to do in this offseason, but there'll be some rookie that lands in an optimal spot. Maybe not a first round rookie, but even if they're taken in the late second round and they have the backfield to themselves, people will be talking about that player as a late first round pick, just like they were with Najee Harris. So we don't even know what we don't know yet. Yeah. If Giants get Russell Wilson, that'll be kind of, that'll be a fun season. They have pick five and six, and I, you know, you and I have talked about this often. I heard you talk about it on your XM show. This is going. I th- this has to happen. Pick five and pick six plus Daniel Jones, who's got another year left on his contract for Russell Wilson. It makes sense on both sides, right?
2: Because I mean, the Seahawks get two picks and a bad year, right? So they get the players. They're going to be rookies, and they also have a probably bad year with Daniel Jones, and they get another high pick next year. And then already in 2023, maybe they're ready to compete because they've just gotten three top ten picks, presumably after getting rid of Wilson and playing in that division. And then all of a sudden, like they're reloaded if they make good picks.
1: Yeah, and I think that Daniel Jones actually is a nice uh, su- compliment for the receivers there. If DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both there and healthy, Daniel Jones's game at least lines up with you know with throwing to DK Metcalf. I think so they I like should. It. I think they should toss in Lockett. I don't know what he's getting paid, but like. The Giants don't need more receivers,
2: but like they probably like, okay, and we toss in Lockett and you give us Tony or you give us one of the young guys because Russell would probably want Lockett and then, Mm. you know, give them the young guy who's under the rookie contract. I mean, if I'm the Giants, I don't love that, but it's better for one year and Tony looked really good on the rare occasion. He was healthy.
1: Yeah, and Russell Wilson's teams that he said that he would be willing to be traded to did include the Giants. Unfortunately, it did not include the Jets because they're going to have two two solid picks, too. Yeah, Jets uh, and Giants, the two
2: uh, early drafting teams. I love the pick six the Jets got to almost uh, take down the Dolphins. They still couldn't do it, but it was hilarious. It was like, oh, wow, this actually happened.
1: Yeah, that and again, that had to tie it in with your team of destiny. Thing, I mean, I thought I thought that was a really funny tweet. And then I just want to actually, you know, hold that flow. I want to go back to the team of destiny, but I just want to tell you really quick that the NFL season is heating up for the playoffs, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football. There is a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including a multi-entry contest now is shark free to celebrate. Yahoo is going big on DFS as well as uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark free. Yahoo is giving all users an opportunity to claim free ten bucks on on the site take advantage of this free ten dollar site credit offer in any paid contest including yahoo's biggest contest the weekly one million dollar dfs nfl baller contest the weekly one million dollar contest features a million in total prizes first place getting 100k play daily fantasy football on yahoo the season visit sports.yahoo.com daily fantasy slash welcome to claim your free ten dollar offer to get started and by the way um Based on the reads that uh, you and Jeff have been doing on the show, I did check out Yahoo a couple weeks ago. It is really an underrated interface. It's really good because I get lost in the DFS circles of uh, DraftKings sometimes. This is a nice uh, breath of fresh air. So if you are a DFS player or you've been eliminated from the playoffs, definitely check out Yahoo uh, uh, DFS. It's really cool. All right. The Dolphins game. You actually became a Jet fan for a few hours, which which I liked. And I like that there was a tweet, a smart tweet. I'll let you explain it about when things didn't look good for you uh, on your game with Arizona, that you actually were rooting for the Jets because of everybody lost. Go ahead. Explain that whole thing.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, the Niners made that move. So they would still won. Yeah. but um, there's a point hope. where the, the Dolphins were, you know, in a little trouble or easily could have lost. And so we lose, but 13 people or something or 16 people on the Dolphins, they would all lost. And then you know, we still would have need. Jacksonville, who did lose, also Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay did lose, and the Niners to lose because those are all the teams that were used. And of course, the Niners, Dolphins held on, and the Niners won. But there was a point that if the Dolphins had lost, at least as of the early games, Jacksonville, Dolphins, and Cardinals would all have lost, and they were still sort of get back in. Um, I knew that was <laughs> probably not going to happen, but uh, it was a fun. I retweeted it because I thought it was funny. You know, like okay, team of destiny comes back. You know, after even if they when they lose, they they don't get knocked out um the uh it was so funny too because i made some tweets this week saying jacksonville should be favored by seven um (laughs) if this is a law of physics this this is not you know this is not i'm not talking about you know narrative street here we're talking about a law of physics all the pent-up rage and frustration with meyer it's going to get unleashed like a spring that's uncoiled it's a physical force and they came out and got blown you know not blown out but beaten pretty soundly by the texans and my conclusion is Um, maybe they didn't hate Urban Meyer as much as the media uh, led us to believe. I mean, if they really hated him, they would have just played their ass off to show what a terrible coach he is. But now after this game, you're like.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
3: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Maybe it wasn't Urban Meyer. Maybe these guys are just not that good. Maybe this is not a good team. And um, it just really surprised me. I thought they were going to smoke uh, Houston and, and they just did not.
1: Yeah, I made a few notes on this game, too. And you mentioned this in your Week 15 observations article, which you, anyone can click the link. And I urge you to read it every week. It's in uh, in the video description. Uh, did you, put, did you, you, said, you said, I could tell it was a joke, but you said who's going to have a better career, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence. But let's keep in mind, when those two guys came out of high school and into college, Davis Mills was the higher-rated quarterback. It's only through their college careers that that, that narrative flip and for good reason, but Davis mills. I mean, this is exactly what, you know, that Prescott was found in the later rounds. Can Davis mills at least be serviceable while Houston uses a first round pick on a, on a position player this year?
2: They could, I mean, he could, I mean, look, Minshew serviceable um, case. Kingdom serviceable uh, Tyler, Taylor Heineke serviceable. I mean, all these guys are decent quarterbacks. That's why it's so dumb when you give the extension to the Andy Dalton's of the world or the Joe Flacco's of the world. People are like, oh, quarterback's the most important position. You know, don't don't ever draft a running back early. You must draft a quarterback. It's like, no, um, there's only like a very small subset of quarterbacks that matter. It obviously matters if you have a a terrible quarterback. a total. You have Mike Glennon out there. You can't win. But, you know, it shouldn't take you very long to establish a guy who's, you know, the Case Keenum. uh, Case Keenum made a Pro Bowl one year. You know, uh, Taylor Heineke. Gardner Minshew level, that shouldn't be too hard to find. And, and, uh, Mills could be that. And, you know, as long as you can give the guy, you know, five games to prove it. Now, if you're a contending team, you don't want to, you know, risk five games on a guy who's trying to prove that he's just a serviceable end of a quarterback. So that's a problem. But if you're a team that's already lost immediately, stop starting Mike Lennon immediately stop starting Tyrod Taylor and and Tyrod Taylor, by the way, is serviceable. Um, and just find, if you have a guy, you know, find out if you have a guy, It, it doesn't, you know, quarterback, um, it's easier to play than ever. Uh, these days, it's the easiest time it's ever been to play quarterback. You can't get, you don't get destroyed. They can't grab your receivers. If you have a decent system and you know, you're attentive and you, and you can make good decisions, you know, and you have, you know, you don't even have a great arm, just make good decisions, have a a good enough accuracy and arm you can survive. And so I I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole other thing to become an elite quarterback, but, I think the idea of like, Oh no, what are we gonna do without this quarterback? I I don't think quarterback is that hard to find. um, Just to get a guy who's okay. You no. Know?
1: Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see what Jacksonville does next year with their head coaching position, because there's a couple of ways they can go here because it's really important, more important than ever to find out if Trevor Lawrence, like what the situation is, because not only was he just like a rookie quarterback, have the normal rookie quarterback jitters. Like he looks bad and yeah, bad, he, terrible. And, And again, based on what we were presented, that this is an Andrew Luck level floor prospect. Like no one ever said that he, yeah, it's, uh, it just got to wonder what happened. So they can go one of two ways. They can bring in the offensive minded Brian Dable. Everyone likes him as the offensive type of coach, or you can bring in stabilize the franchise, Ron Rivera, CEO coach, which way do you think they should go? And which way do you think they will go?
2: I like the CEOs. I, I think the coach, uh, you can bring in a coordinator that can be creative, but I think the CEOs and, and you can even like get one from the college ranks or gamble a bit on that. And it does matter obviously, but I think the CEO coaches, the pro coaches that actually like have respect, the people play for them. I think that's like the sine qua non of like having a develop, a development of players. I think that's just like the baseline. And when you get in these spreadsheet jockeys, um, you know, it's, it, it can work as some of them end up being good coaches. Right. But like, I, I think you're really taking a chance. You want Brian Flores, you want Mike Vrabel, you want, um, you know, Ron Rivera, yeah. Mike Tomlin, you, people mock their down and distance stuff and fine. You know, sometimes they do some weird stuff math wise, but I just think you get a CEO in there and then, you know, then you can kind of mess around. I think you gotta, you gotta get the foundation piece first. Yeah. And then the next layer on top of
1: that is, you know, the strategy piece. Yeah. Um, I think you, you hit it right there because look what the lions are doing. I mean, we can all goof on Dan Campbell, but that's exactly what that franchise needed for this season.
2: Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you can get, you can get the, And I, I also think it's, um, in some ways the, the, uh, CEO type is kind of rarer than the, uh, spreadsheet type. Um, I mean, there's two different skills. One is, you know, st- strategy. And the other one is, is running a business, you know? And so, um, I think, I think it's rare because it, you know, you're, first of all, you're in the public eye, right? So you're, it's not like you're just quietly behind closed doors running a business. You're totally being scrutinized and judged and criticized and mocked all the time. Okay. Secondly, um, these are rich guys. They're young and rich. So they're like hard to deal with because they're punks. Cause everybody who's in their twenties is a punk. I mean, who's got any we sort were. of, yeah, I was a huge punk, but I'm saying like anyone who has any personality has any sort of, you know, and these are players they, these guys are performed already in college on the biggest public stage. These guys are, you know, they're but they're also rich, so they don't really, you know, and they're used to getting their way. So it, it's not easy, that job to be a head coach. Um, and then the, the, the sort of wonky strategy stuff is, I think
1: there's a wa- way more people can do that job than the head coach job. Yeah. Uh, did you see in the Jaguars game the fan that ran on the field? I thought that was one of the best fan on the field. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Was okay, he so clothed? uh, cloth. I mean, he looked like you don't want to see this guy in cloth. But it wasn't the typical, like you said, like the naked runner that runs across midfield. This was on the goal line. They handed off to James Robinson, and right before they snapped the ball, a guy comes in the end zone and starts waving his hands like he's open for the pass. I thought Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is going to throw him the pass. Uh, check it out. I'll send you the link. I'll do the work for you there. But it is one of the best fan on the fields, and they and you know, like real the man. Nose, Rimin sneaks up and lets the play go and times it and
2: clocks the open receiver and breaks up the pass. Like <laughs> I, that, <said> if- <laughs> that I would so I would have so much respect if a guy literally came in and did like a perfectly timed hit, but it was like a a devastating hit <laughs> and like the dude like totally got sprawled out and then yeah, but he didn't have a helmet on or maybe he put on a helmet. He came out put on the helmet. Oh yeah, he a helmet, like
1: a helmet to helmet. A helmet. Like that thin plastic helmet that we all yeah, had yeah. when we were kids, but it was yeah. it was great about it though is that you know like normally the announcers like don't acknowledge it They like oh this is a disgusting display like they put the camera on this guy right. the announcers were right. like ah they like and then you saw security just like take this guy out but uh he was wide open in the end zone I thought that was a good one and the other thing that I always like too is and I saw this a couple times and uh is when the cameraman wearing like the yellow vest always gets like crushed on the out-of-bounds play Mm -hmm. that's always like one of my favorite plays in football as well Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of those happen to say okay moving on to the next game that I took some notes on uh did you keep an eye on Carolina and Buffalo at all were you watching that game a little bit
2: uh, just a tiny bit. I had uh, Gabriel Davis, who just got not only they covered the spread, supercons, but he got me a second touchdown. I was like, that was cool. I didn't see like the circumstances though.
1: Yeah, but this game started off with another. Again, this is I try to pick out points that are these um, eternal Chrisless theories. And mm. the kicker got was ruled out for the game when he pulled something in warm warmups. So they right. didn't have Zane Gonzalez right. was ruled out right. in warmups. Right. So you know everyone's like, oh, they're gonna go for two, and you know, but. Why can't – this is a Chris Lissism right here. Why can't the punter kick 30-yard field goals? Right. Like, every punter has, like, a
2: baseline competency. Every quarterback should be able to kick a 35-yard punt. Every punter should be able to kick a 35-yard field goal. Every kicker should be able to do a 35-yard punt. Like, is there no reason why you can't just train – you don't have to be a professional-level punter. You just, like, okay, so we lose – five yards per punt. Okay. Like that's unfortunate. And over time, that's a negative, but for one game, it's not going to cost you much. No big deal. Why would you ever be unprepared? It's like everybody, you know, there should be five people who could long, you know, I like long snapping so hard. You can't have a few backup long snappers. How about holding? Holding is so hard. I mean, Everything should just be a tiny drop off, but no, you know, show a Otani. We can't dare let him pitch and hit. He'll never survive. You know, we hear this and then, then they do it. And then it's like, Oh, he's the greatest player of all time. You know? And like, it's the same thing. It's like, why, what, you know, Danny White used to be quarterback and he was the full-time punter and he saved them a roster spot. You know, I mean, come on.
1: Well here the other thing is also is that no one has more time in practice than the kicker. Of course. I mean, course. Punt. Right. So, right. So, and the punter, the punt, especially the punter, right? right? The punter is just sitting there punting. I mean, what else do you have to do? You go to the gym with the guys, you hang out on the side, you can practice. You have enough downtime to kick 30
2: Dude. yard field goals. The kicker and punter should be betting big money against each other for who <laughs> relatively speaking, they have a good, someone should get up a relative scale of what, you know, how good of a punt and how long of a field goal and bet every week in practice who can do better at each other's job, um, to the point where either one could do either job, you know, just they should get a bonus for, you know, being proficient at that.
1: Another player in that game um, that you always liked, but you know, the market was never too high on him is Devin Singletary. I think he rushed the ball 22 times. They made Zach Moss healthy scratch. Devin Singletary looked good on the touchdown run. Do you think that this is a player for managers that are still in the fantasy playoffs that this could be a league winner type player that you weren't counting on?
2: Uh, I don't think so because Josh Allen gets so many carries, but they seem to trust Singletary. It's funny. I have a bet in PPR against Dalton, Singletary versus Damien Harris, and I thought I was completely drawing dead on that, but after last week where Harris was scratched, I'm probably still drawing dead, but you know, uh, Singletary gets some catches, and so we'll see. I'll probably still lose, but I just think it's hilarious that that might have been resurrected. If Damien Harris missed a couple more games, Singletary has a couple good games. Uh, No, I, I think he's a very sketchy player because of the usage
1: but when they're when they're making zach moss a healthy scratch and now we're getting into the running months here so i mean you just think they're gonna like you said josh allen will get the goal line and then brita and uh and Devin singletary will alternate unpredictable unprojectable games that that sounds reasonable to me
2: i mean if Uh, you were like you know if you've had horrible injuries and you're, you're stuck you could get lucky but i wouldn't yeah i think
1: it's a long shot that he's consistent uh the tennessee pittsburgh game okay uh uh, did you uh, Julio Jones i mean he is basically sorry the, yeah the Tennessee get Julio Jones is basically now exactly mirroring mirroring the Andre Johnson career path i mean this is almost eerie with the low touchdown totals uh, versus expected touchdowns the you know going to another team uh, Julio Jones you're, you're not even putting him on your top 150 next year right Uh, probably not. You know, we'll see what the situation, I mean, I thought AJ green, I'm surprised AJ green is still in the league, you know? And I'm like, wow,
2: he's actually, you know, he's, he's, I I wouldn't say he's doing well, but he's actually producing a little bit. Um, so it could be a situation like that. But I think, I think AJ green, um, the thing about Julio though, is Julio has been like AJ green, like just got inefficient, but Julio actually last year was incredibly efficient before he got hurt. And then this year I want to take a look. Oh, we're missing our 2021 stats here. I don't know why we're missing that. Uh, this year, um,
1: are you trying to look at what his totals are?
2: Yeah, his his per target. Let me look at his yards per target. I'm trying to find that, um, in real time here. Um, well, while you're looking, yeah, I was go gonna ahead. say,
1: while you're looking for that though, that there was a, a crazy measurement at the end of that game. I'm not sure if you saw it where, um, they actually challenged the spot and they did one of those things where like, do you remember years ago, I forget which referee was busted out the credit card and put the credit card between the ball. So it was the spot when you saw it in real time, didn't look like it was even close, but they gave him a generous spot. It was an interesting, you know, Pittsburgh, like I said, is not dead yet. And which leads me to think that the, one of the biggest problems, I mean, the obvious problem is that Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, way past his, his effective prime. And a good quarterback is likely to be on this team next year. Um, any idea? <laughs> because I think it's an appealing situation to someone like Rogers uh, and whoever the quarterback is. Let's say you go down a tier or two, right? Let's. I mean, there's going to be a, a couple mid-range free agents. It's just an appealing spot with a good coach and good weapons.
2: Yeah, there's good weapons with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and uh Fryermuth. That's pretty good setup. And then Najee Harris. So the offensive line is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's like Russell Wilson, they have to
1: trade a lot to get, so they can't really improve the well, They're not going to be able to afford him. But let, let's say, like, would you give a first – like what you saw from Tyler Huntley yesterday, would you give a late first-round pick to get a mobile quarterback like that that's on a million-dollar contract? <laughs> he did a pretty good Lamar Jackson impression.
2: I was like, this guy's just as good. He looked just as good. Um I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to give a first for him but then again, a late first is like whatever I mean That's what I'm
1: saying. I mean they paid a second for Darnold Carolina did. I mean it no, isn't about
2: a 2-4 and they paid a 2-4 Tyler- and, and 6 for Darnold. Right. Um the Jets and he did not win
1: getting getting a W. Oh, the Jets got a huge W
2: on that <laughs> salvaging that wreckage uh for some picks. Uh yeah, I could see it. I mean Tyler Huntley looked pretty good, but I I think like Baltimore smart and they put their guys in position to win and succeed and uh and i'm not sure he would be able to take that with him away from baltimore but and the offense run for a mobile quarterback i mean they try to they'd probably try to squeeze him into a the wrong situation but sure he can play i mean he has that you know he has that sense you know he when he runs he's not just like it's not just athleticism he has some vision he 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 knows what he has like a good idea he seems like he's he's thinking on the move you know and and that's that, that was something that uh look at but by the way uh jones had uh, i don't know the exact I number I, I don't have Yeah, Julio has almost 10 yards per target this year. So he has um, been efficient his last two years. He's just been hurt. So um, unlike Andre Johnson, who cratered on a per-target basis before he just fell off the map completely, um, Julio's still good. He just can't stay healthy. And so it could be like Chipper Jones in baseball. He was bad for like two years. I mean, he just wasn't healthy. And then he played one year, and he like led the league in OPS because he was always good. He just could never stay on the field. And so Julio's an interesting one. I think that, um, you know, so I think there's a chance that he has that one last healthy year or like plays 11 games and is good still. You know, Antonio Brown is similar. Antonio Brown's really good. Well, he just got suspended for the uh, the fake vax card. But he but he he's was back now. He's back next but, week. Well, no, I know. I picked him up yeah. in one of my playoff leagues, It was probably too little too late. But, you know, then he had an ankle problem. He's been hurt a lot this year too. So he's getting old too. A lot of these guys are still good. They just, their bodies can't hold up.
1: And we're going to come back and we'll tease this real quick. We'll just do our last sponsor read. But it Antonio Brown coming back is timed. Interestingly, I don't know if you saw the Chris Godwin note, but he's out for the rest of the regular season. Right? Oh, yeah. he's a, Antonio
2: Brown's like a top five receiver. I picked him up right before the playoffs. Now, unfortunately, I think that team's also probably drawing dead unless like Jalen Hurts goes bananas uh, Tuesday night. But um, that would have been a real key pickup for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, uh, Chris. Thrive Fantasy is back for another season of fantasy football. Uh, they're running a huge guaranteed contest every week in the NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get six free months of Rotowire subscription. The best part of that whole deal. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Uh, visit rotowire.com/thrive. Deposit a minimum of ten bucks and receive a hundred percent deposit bonus uh up to 100 bucks. Play uh in your first paid contest and receive 6 free months of Rotowire. What, what a deal. I like it. You can read all of our premium content there. All right. So now back to uh th- that game last night. Uh the Tampa Bay game versus New Orleans. First of all, uh in in a week where, you know, certain things Survivor contest didn't break your way, your best bet long shot on our our Beat the Bookie video was the New Orleans at plus 400. Your friend over here took your advice. So first small peanuts. So, I won yeah, 20 so- bucks
2: off of Dalton. I t- he was he <laughs> wanted to use the bucks. And so I won that. And then against Jeff, I used that in the uh, force the bet. So Jeff, uh, unfortunately. Plus 400.
1: Jeff, yep. I don't know I what odds you had that, but that's an unbelievable. 43 bet. bucks. 43 bucks.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was so easy, right? I mean, obviously Godwin and Evans got hurt, so that made it harder for Brady, but the Saints always beat them up. And the Saints, they didn't have their offensive line, actually, which I, I thought those guys were going to play. And that was kind of big, but their defensive line was there and they just beat the crap out of him. And, you know, Brady is not, he's not going to make a play with his legs. He's he will throw deep if he has someone to go deep, but when you have no one to go deep, and then Fournette got hurt too, um, and it was just sort of a war of attrition, you know, and the and the Saints won it.
1: By the way, one of the funny comments I just saw here, and they were talking, this is, you know, scrolling back to when we were talking about Arizona, Detroit, someone said, you were doomed from the beginning because Gus Johnson was the announcer that, and you hate overexcited announcers. And there's no one that epitomizes that more yeah. than Gus Johnson. So yeah, it's,
2: so. it's with Aqib Tlaib, but Aqib Tlaib was cracking me up though. Yeah, he's good. Was, he's good. He, he, he kept it light. I, I mean, I was getting annoyed at first, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh. You know, now, you know, I used to like Nassim Taleb, but he went crazy. So now I like Akeep <laughs> Taleb. Okay. So uh, I, I switched Nassim to a keep, but, but the point Did- is that uh, it was, you know, at first I was getting annoyed by everything. You know, Sasha was watching him. She's doing these like tumbles on the couch and stuff, and I'm oh. just like, Sit still, you know. But then I just was like, let go. I just I let go. I, I swear, I ate dinner. I ate my full dinner. I couldn't eat dinner during one of the games that, Oh, the, the Falcons Jaguars, because I put myself on the line. It was a two point game. I, I didn't, I mean, it was an easy game. But it was a two point spread. I couldn't eat dinner until after that. I was just eating my dinner, Indian food, Nepalese food. And just like being like, um, uh, eh, we're going to come back. Sure. I, I didn't even drink, you know, I was thinking about drinking and I was like, Ooh, first of all I
1: wish he would have, I wish he would have,
2: I didn't want to drink because I didn't <laughs> want to, I first of all, I, I, I could handle it. Okay. And second of all, I didn't want to wake up with a hangover, and then, you know, that's like the worst thing. I had a friend of mine, good friend of mine, um, he's a huge Giants fan. In 2000 against the Ravens, he bet 11 grand on the Giants, got blacked out drunk at his own Super Bowl party at halftime, when it was like 20 to 7 or something, <laughs> woke up the next day, out 11 grand, super hungover. I mean, too de- way too depressing, so I, d- I didn't want to do
1: that it it reminds me yeah that that feeling reminds me of when i used to go out to clubs in new york city and you come out and it's daylight and it's just like everything feels bad. You don't have the adrenaline or yeah. any other good feelings in the club. You just have like this miserable sunlight feeling. And that's probably what your, your, your friend felt like yeah. um, uh, a, a couple other things, you know, it on, on your serious show on Monday, you, you know, you have people call in and vent and you guys have a pretty rigorous standard for what actually not really, you just want something that's good for the listeners. And most of the stories are bad. I was curious. I'm not going to call in cause I'll save room for the listeners, but I had a story, a short and I'll make it very brief of, of something that I think qualifies. And you tell me if this would have passed, the standard i did i i had this team that i drafted in one of the best ball sites that it was a monster team and it was an expensive best It's like a hundred dollar best ball which again you know yields like eight nine hundred bucks it's mm-hmm. and i knew i had this monster i got everybody because i did it in march i had like eckler taylor i had cooper cup i just never look at it because the best ball team i go back to it now and it's in last place and i go well what how is this team in last place i know i had everybody i mistakenly went into a uh managed league and it wasn't a <laughs> best ball league. So I had 250 points. That's Everyone a good else one. had like 250 should have called in. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I could still well, do it. You I can't really... do it again. You can't. Yeah, do it no, no, no. But, but go, that, go, that go. qualifies, right? Like, I'm literally... Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I have one-tenth of the amount of Because you like all, all the bye weeks and like all the stuff you just left empty. I never looked at uh, no, no, it. No, no. Because I never set a lineup. I only had Patrick Mahomes in my lineup. I had Pat Mahomes, too, in a super flex right, league. Right. And still right. got all those other guys. And it's literally, I had 250 points for the season. Everyone else had like 2,800. And I only but had one person...
2: Because you, you didn't even like. Because I left my late.
1: homes in there all season, and my, the rest right. of my lineup was blank. Because it, it put it somehow. You oh, no. more... it did, it didn't even. It's totally blank. <laughs> 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 <I'm, no, laughs> I will show you this. And it, was, show you. and it
2: was and it was like free money. Like you would have won for sure. <laughs> There is zero doubt.
1: Okay, listen, in a super flex, I had the first pick I took. Again, I won't go through the whole thing, but I had Mahomes. Later on, I had Hurts. So those were my two guys. I had like two later as a third quarterback. Then I had Eckler. Uh, uh taylor cooper cup i had all of the i literally right. probably would've. already you
2: won if you made any moves if you just like even managed it yeah
1: yes and i didn't realize it was a managed league and so i just left it. i just checked it yesterday. i was like <laughs> oh man at least because i'm losing in some of my fantasy leagues so i figured at least this is like a thousand bucks that i get back and not to, i was honestly <laughs> that genuine, was that's generally
2: that's generally see that would be great call because that's unusual and nobody does that right like yeah these guys are like oh man, it sucked. My fourth round pick got me six points and I lost by one point. I'm like, oh really? Your fourth round pick had a bad week one week? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's why it's so bad. I'm like- dude, like, come on. That's not a thing. That's not a, that's not an unusual thing. Uh, but this is good. That's a good story.
1: Yeah. All right. So if you're going to, u- if you're going to talk about that segment, all you could, you know, kind of hit the highlights of that. And you could use it as an example. Maybe I'll use, I'll use it. I'll yeah. Use it for sure. Because honestly, that, that really made me feel ill on a, on a day, you know, where <laughs> obviously most of your teams fail in the playoffs anyway. So yeah. I hope we get one or two by all right. Couple last things before we wrap up the Monday podcast. Uh, there was, uh, I was watching the San Francisco game, uh, San Francisco, Brandon Ayuk, man, he is a good player. I I don't know what happened in the beginning of the year. I mean, doghouse that, but he especially. I mean, do you like him moving forward? Where do you see him next year? Let's say Trey Lance is the quarterback. Um, is he a receiver that you would recommend targeting next year in the you know the fifth, sixth round?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, he looks good to me. Um, you know, Kittle's always hurt. Kittle's great. Some reason they they want to run there, and so they never get Kittle, Ayuk, and you know, and uh, Debo altogether involved. There's always like one guy or, you know, Elijah Mitchell, there's always like one or two guys do well, or just one guy and no one else does well. And that's the problem with them. But I think just talent wise and um, he'll get the opportunities. I, I yeah, I would, I, I would love to get him fifth, sixth round.
1: Yeah. That's, I, I was just looking back to my preseason notes from his rookie year. You know, I do my own comps and things like that. And I had in there that he reminded me a little bit of Odell Beckham in his peak after the catch. Like when he gets it, he just looks sharp. So he's a player I'm marking down. When we start doing some off season videos, um, I'm going to start doing a little flag planning for him early to get on that. And then San Francisco running back, uh, Jeff Wilson came out. I know he went off on my bench yesterday because I didn't trust him. I guess that was stupid because he was getting the carries to himself for the most part, but how do you handicap that when him and when Elijah Mitchell comes back? Do you think oh, it'll it's Mitchell's just go- job?
2: I think Mitchell's job. I think I think he's the backup. I think they're happy enough with him. Um, but I think Mitchell's the guy. They really like him. Also, Mitchell has the home run speed. That's what Shanahan likes. They always got even like Jarek McKinnon. He runs like a 4-3-something. Um, you know, uh Tevin Coleman, who's not even good, but he runs like a 4-3-7 or something. They had Mostert, who runs like a 4-3-3. Three, three. They have they had Brita originally, who runs like a four three something he loves these super fast backs and Mitchell's one of them. And he's, you know, and he runs hard and he's had big workloads. He just keeps getting hurt is the only problem.
1: Yeah. And then we actually hit every game except for one, the one game we didn't talk about in detail and we can just hit on it quickly is Denver and Cincinnati. Uh, I loved Cincinnati yesterday to getting a few uh, getting the three points. Uh we saw the scary injury to uh Teddy Bridgewater. And that aside, okay, I'm glad he's okay. But as soon as Drew Locke came in the game, I knew my bet was locked. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no, that's fun why that's that. why it's Drew Locke.
2: When he comes <laughs> I mean, in, the other team's got a lock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? Isn't it very rare? Well, actually, that you see the quarterback come in on the other side, you're like, oh, thank God. I mean, he is just awful. I'm just worried about, you know, there's there was a lot of offseason talk about Denver getting one of the elite quarterbacks. They just need someone to stabilize there, uh, where are you going to be on the Denver receivers actually? Because Jerry Judy got a zero yesterday, like literally a zero. Yeah, I mean yeah, they need somebody
2: um, and they need a, a real quarterback. Bridgewater was a big mistake. That was just exactly what you don't do. You know, <clears throat> bring in somebody with upside, you know, go for Gardner Minshew. Maybe he's really good. Maybe he'll turn out to be a good quarterback, you know, um, develop a new quarterback. Just getting Bridgewater was just, that's exactly what you don't do. Bridgewater, maybe you would bring him in if you already had like a He's just a backup, though. You don't even bring him in under any circumstances. I mean, he could have done the Trent Dilfer thing, you know, if he had the Ravens team that year uh, behind him. But that's about it. I mean, he's not going to – he he does. He offers nothing. And so um, I think Judy's good. I, I think these CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy guys who are, like, really super quick, and they only can exist now that you, you, you can't push the receivers around. These guys are very low body mass index, right? And But they're crazy quick. And so in this sort of environment, they can thrive – Um, but you know, Judy's been a little bit, um, unreliable with the hands and then they have Sutton who they signed to a deal. They have Fant and Patrick seems like a decent player. So it's a really difficult and they're a defensive running team and cold weather. So I don't know. Judy, I think has, you know, he'll go in like the fifth round again, I think this
1: year probably. Um, and I think that's fine. I probably take Ayuk over him though. You know, Judy doesn't have a single game over 77 yards. I mean, that's yeah. no 100-yard games. It's it's grim for him. Uh, you know, when you're talking about, like, quarterbacks that could stabilize, how about someone like Mitch Trubisky? He's a free agent next year, and I know, you know, he's kind of like a, a running joke, but environment was bad for him. You'll be able to get a, a player like that, mostly incentive-based, for $10 million. Is that someone that you think could be helpful to a team like Denver?
2: I mean, he may be damaged goods at this point, like psychologically. I don't know if he, you know, it's like he's like a punchline. Like Tannehill was almost a punchline before he left Miami. He wasn't was as bad as Trub- it wasn't as bad as Trubisky, though. Um, you know, I was I always thought, oh, Mariota would be interesting if he ever got to play again, but he's been injured a lot. Um, I, you know, what it's better than Mike Lennon. I mean, the Giants. You know, I would rather them have Mitch Trubisky than Mike Glennon, and who knows? You know, I I I think it's unlikely, and I think that. When you've been sort of a scrub for that long, I think sometimes it's hard to dig your way out of it mentally. Um, And maybe he would have been better if he had the mental capacity to overcome that kind of adversity. So
1: I think it's a real long shot, but wouldn't say it's impossible. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for today for the Rotowire Monday podcast. Uh, Come back tomorrow on Tuesday, the Waiver Wire podcast. Listen, that's your favorite. Didn't you try to uh, elbow in and get in on the Waiver Wire podcast? (laughs) Yeah, they just – they wouldn't (laughs) let me have it. I
2: said I love Waiver Wire
1: But they were like, "No, you can't have it." Yeah, Uh, yeah. This would be the waiver wire podcast. Sort by last week's stat. Hit the top button. I know. I I, the podcast over for the year.
2: Hey, look, I people love waivers. (laughs) This is not my my thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, what I think is really cool about waivers is that it's not obviously it's finding the the top guys. We all know those are. It's speculating, and those are the you know the kind of like the sneaky ads video that we that I do with Jeff each week, trying to figure out who's next week's waivers, and that's really where the strategy comes in. Yeah, sure. All right. So come back tomorrow. I'm Alan Sislowski sitting in for Jeff Erickson. He's Chris Liss. You can catch him every week on or Monday through Thursday on Sirius XM radio to continue the conversation. Uh, all right. Until next week, we'll be back and have a great holiday, everybody.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in.